Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Healthy AF Mom Show, the show that helps tired millennial moms regain control of their energy, banish their bloat, beat their cravings, live life a little greener and a little cleaner, understand their postpartum bods, and more. On today's episode, we've got an awesome guest with us, Dr. Erin Appleton, who's a medical doctor that specializes in infant feeding and fourth trimester care. And as someone who had a really hard time with breastfeeding and infant care and postpartum the first time around with my daughter, I think this is an immensely important um, episode and information and message that needs to get out. So if you know a mom, someone that's pregnant, maybe someone that maybe didn't go so hot breastfeeding in the first kid, but are going to try for their second Um, please share this episode because I think it is of utmost importance that we get this message out there. And so Dr. Aaron always talks about that fed is first and maternal health care is of the utmost importance. These are the things that we really need to prioritize for moms, for women um, when they're pregnant and when we're entering into that fourth trimester of, of care. Because it can be really a black box when it comes to breastfeeding um, and what that looks like. And the messaging is constantly like, you need to breastfeed. You, you know, breast is best. And while this messaging is important, breast milk has these amazing components and qualities to it. The disconnect happens with the like, well, how do you do it? This idea that breastfeeding is this like natural thing and that babies are just going to go to the breast and feed instinctively. As much as we want that to be true, there's a lot of technique. There's a lot of trial and error. There's some anatomical issues that happen. There's things at play. And so making sure that we have the supports set up before birth so that we can be in the know and understanding like when we need support or if we need um, additional care. Because one thing I found really interesting with this conversation with Dr. Aaron is that 70% of families experience um, infant care difficulties. So that just doesn't mean that like, That's not happening to just one of us. That's happening to a lot of us. And so hopefully it brings you into this place of understanding that you're not a bad mom. You don't need to feel guilty if this isn't going well. This actually is a hard thing for a lot of people and for a lot of families. So hopefully this episode gives us hope, creates a greater understanding for where we need care and for where we need support when it comes to maternal health as well as really exploring some of those like really big crooks in regards to like, what are the top tips that Dr. Aaron has for women in their fourth trimester? When do you know if things aren't going well and when you should seek out care? And of the utmost importance, at the end of the day, it's all about being fed, our baby being fed first and really take care, taking care of mom's health and her mental health because that's always going to be the most important component for healthy and vibrant families. So we're going to jump into the episode. Amazing. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Healthy AF Mom Show. Today, we have this like amazing guest speaker. We've got Dr. Erin Appleton with us. And I'm really excited to kind of dive into this topic and really chat about infant feeding and fourth trimester care. So especially for us, for those women who are, you know, we're pregnant or we're coming into that new stage of life, this is like a must listen. So welcome, Erin. Hi, thank you for having me, Lauren. Yes, I'm so excited to chat all about this topic because it's definitely something that I wish I would have had in my world when I was pregnant, especially with my first. Um, So maybe just give us a little idea of like, how did you get into this? What really made you passionate about like the pregnant woman and breastfeeding and lactation and infant care? Yeah, so I am a family doctor um, and I actually went through my training and had my first baby. I have three boys. 
Um, and when I had my first baby, um, I was really uh, completely unaware of the depth of the changes that were going to happen to my body and what was coming. I was kind of prepared mentally for pregnancy and delivery. And then they handed me this infant and I was like, oh my God, what do I do? And the changes that happened to my body, I just, I was completely unprepared for. Um, and I had a really difficult time feeding my first. He actually was the dreaded quote, failure to thrive, which is like my most PTSD inducing term, I think. <laughs> Um, from my memory, like it just triggers so many bad feelings of failure um, and feeling like I wasn't doing the best for my baby. And um, my, like, you know, second one after I had my um, my second boy, I was like, well, my body can't do this. So I instantly started supplementing with formula. Um, and then, you know, by the time my third came along, I was doing breastfeeding medicine and I had had my practice for a while. So I knew a lot more um, and you even then still struggled a bit. So like the profound lack of fourth trimester care and preparation and um, just, you know, passion for this area of medicine grew with my first and through second and third. So for the last 10 years, I actually have been um, exclusively practicing breastfeeding and infant feeding care and fourth trimester care for um, parents. Um, and it really was something that just came from this passion to know what to do for families so they wouldn't experience what I experienced in my own journeys. And it's so true, right? Like I can think of like when I went into the hospital, you see all the posters that is like, breast is best. You should be breastfeeding. Yeah. You only breastfeed, right? Like it's very prominent, especially like from a hospital uh, birthing experience. It was like you breastfeed or bust. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I think I think the messaging around that had some really, you know, important um, origins. And, you know, it is incredibly important to protect the value of breast milk and breastfeeding and the relationship. But the lack of support just made that so impossible. So there was this distance between what we were expecting and pushing towards parents and what the reality was of the supports. And it's like that gap was just completely a void of, 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 of support. Totally. And I would say that like, there's that disconnect, right? Where it's like breast is best. Everyone should be breastfeeding. But then when it comes to the supports, the how to's the like, what if it doesn't go well? Because I think a lot of women go into it like it's natural. I should just be able to like put a baby to my boob and Bob's your uncle. We're breastfeeding baby. But like how often like, what would you say would be the probability of, like, having difficulty breastfeeding? So the statistics are generally that about 70% of new moms and parents will actually have some form of breastfeeding or infant feeding difficulty. So it's actually huge. And I think, like, my theory around why that happens is actually that we aren't neurologically primed as much to breastfeed and, and feed on our bodies as we are to bottle feed. So if you think about how you grew up as a child and you, you know, took care of your baby dolls, maybe you didn't breast and feed them necessarily because you weren't mimicking what you saw, what you saw was bottle feeding, right? So what we have primed ourselves for is this cradle it in your arm and hold the baby with a bottle 
and you know that baby will just naturally latch on and do their thing but when it comes to breastfeeding and chest feeding the there's some primal kind of lack of mirror neurons that we just we struggle more because we don't get surrounded by it and we don't see it Um, so we can't mimic and then again you're like the disconnect like it seems like it's a common theme where like we have the messaging we know that breast milk is phenomenal and like why we want to use it but then how to actually physically do it and be successful at it we have that like dichotomy of of ideas right absolutely so if a woman comes and she's like and it's always a very sensitive time, right? You're like, you're exhausted. You just maybe pushed a baby or maybe your C-section, right? Like you're going through a lot as a woman and as as a new mom. What would be your number one tip where, the, where someone is like, it's not going well. Like, what what do I do? Are there a couple of key strategies that you'd be like, start here? Absolutely. Um, the, the most key strategy is actually to get yourself out of your sympathetic nervous system. So actually take yourself out of that fight or flight, that part of your brain that's telling you you're in danger, your baby's in danger, um, and make sure that your infant is fed um, and that your own mental health is being prioritized. Those are two main key messages that need, like all families need to hear. Because if the you know primary feeding parent is constantly in fight or flight, they are you know, going to make less milk. They're going to have a harder time with letdown. The baby's potentially going to pick up on that. And it's it's going to make feeding harder. I know it's kind of easier said than done to get yourself out of fight or flight. Um, but, you know, taking five deep breaths before you latch, especially if you have a higher kind of strong baby who's a little bit more difficult to wind down just doing skin to skin even with a secondary parent who's not necessarily the primary feeding parent doing skin to skin getting baby into a better state can help the you know chest breastfeeding parent to actually regulate themselves enough that they can get that baby going um and you know if you have a fed baby that fed baby is going to be a whole lot easier to read they're going to be less also in their sympathetic nervous system and fight or flight because they're scared they're not going to get fed. Um, and if they're fed, they're much more easy to regulate as well, right? So it's kind of this like yin and yang. Because it can be such a stress to <laughs> say, right? Exactly. Like I can honestly like put myself back there because I think I have PTSD from it, right? Where I'm like, especially my first, like she's not latching, she's not eating. Like I can't perform this like motherly innate duty that I'm supposed to do. And I think there comes like there's so much guilt and like, like, why can't I do this? Why can't I be successful at it? And so I think, and you, you talk to this as well, like maybe speak to like the mental health components of it. So having, you know, having a structure of how to support yourself around, you know, like getting some support people who, you know, are going to um, protect your time with your baby, um, protect your time to pump. If you can't get that baby to latch, protecting your milk supply, making sure you're fed, that you're rested, not getting up and going to Costco on day four to eight postpartum, which is what I did. Like, I just, I, I it's a crazy that we have this expectation of ourselves that's been kind of put on us by the idea that we have to be perfect in everything. And I mean, my oldest is 15 and like, I didn't have social media telling me where I, you know, what I was doing all the time, which is, you know, I say all the time, like, 
Google and Instagram and Facebook are your are your like algorithm for anxiety, right? Like it feeds the primal fear. And if you're constantly just listening to one, you know, minute sound bites on things, you're going to get really confused about the messaging. What's really helpful is listening to longer term kind of or longer form um, things like this, like your po- a podcast. From a standpoint, when it comes to like, pregnant women, would you suggest like having these strategies and support set in place before babe even comes along? Like when do you, when should you start like planning for this part? Because I think there's a lack of knowledge about that. Like when should you start making these plans and having these resources like available to you? Having a plan before baby is so helpful and important. Like you having a village around you that you know is going to support you postpartum and knows what to do. Like if you're alone and you've kind of moved across the country from your family, like we had, um, you know, not having supports other than one another is definitely a recipe for anxiety. And if you can't, you hire. If you are not able to hire, you recruit friends. Like it's definitely important to have that plan in place so that you know that you can rely on somebody else. Um, they say that it probably takes three people to raise a baby. And, you know, when we live in a culture where it's necessary most of the time for both parents to be working and, th- and the stress of finances and, you know, somebody taking a leave um, is playing on your mind all the time. Like it, it really is something that culturally we're struggling with um, because we don't have extended family close by. And I mean, there's definitely talk about, you know, toxic relationships for sure. If you know, if you have toxic relationships in your life, that's also something you need to think about maybe weeding out. When do you need to know that you need to access more care or get more structure or learn about different tools to help you breastfeed, right? Because there's obviously like different options that are there. Is there like a triage list? Is there like a few key things where you're like, if this is happening, you need help? I think probably anxiety um, and and having a little bit of insight into when you're feeling constantly overwhelmed. I think that's probably the most key thing that I see in the clinic, my clinic where, um, you know, I'm seeing literally thousands of, of breastfeeding families pretty much always overwhelmed. And of course, depression as well. So feeling like you can't or don't want to do your regular self-care activities, leaving the house. Postpartum anxiety and depression are really closely linked to one another. Um, And even just doing a self-assessment, like you can do the Edinburgh postnatal depression score um, and have some insight with your score as to whether or not, you know, the feelings of overwhelm and anxiety and tearfulness, um, and particularly intrusive thoughts and thoughts of self-harm or self or harm to the baby. Those are really important things to screen yourself for. And like, you're not going to get sleep. Um, and (laughs) you know, the, the baby, like babies are just wired that way and we can't change that situation so knowing that your baby's not likely to sleep more than about four hours you know at a time before the age of six months and that it's not an expectation and shouldn't be and how do we support moms and you know dads who are in situations like this um get support for one another and help each other with the demands so that you can at least get some sleep in a row to support your mental health like it is complicated 
Um, but it definitely is so, so important to prioritize that piece as much as you can with the, with the reality of a baby that's going to be getting up every two to three hours. Yay, you made it to the end of the episode. If you enjoyed today's show, I'd love for you to hit that subscribe button and to leave a review. And if you felt inspired by anything you heard today, I'd love to share with you a few ways to get started to feel like a healthy AF mom. So in the show notes below, I've left links to some of my favorite challenges. There's a five-day slay all-day smoothie challenge, a get hella hydrated challenge, and a know your labs challenge. All amazing ways that you can get started to feel like your epic version of yourself today. I also have an awesome coupon code. It's HEALTHYAF15, all caps, and that's a 15% off discount to my 14-day body reboot. Again, it's linked in the show notes below. And finally, I love to get social. So if you wanted to follow me or leave me a comment or a review, you can find me on Instagram and YouTube and TikTok at dr.lauren.nd. I'll see you there. <laughs>